0: <laughs> um, so they tore down <laughs> tore down the goalpost post in norman oklahoma which we know they don't do and uh i remember all <laughs> i'm ashamed now because i wasn't
1: celebrating i'm like thinking like we just whatever it was, one versus two and i'm literally thinking i gotta get home i gotta get sleep because we gotta we got you know, I can't remember his case Kansas or somebody the next week we're going to get beat next week if I don't get home so i'm literally driving through campus on the sidewalks i got to get home all these crazy people you know celebrating and i got to get some sleep because you know we i always like my role was the most important role that's how i always felt
0: How about that? Coach V getting a little choked up. Breaking down the goal post in Norman. Well, I'm
1: glad he was the one that got home because nobody else did, including the entirety of his football team that night. <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, that's great. You know what? Uh, I actually remember that vehicle driving all over the sidewalks. I just thought it was some drunk lunatic.
1: <laughs> no, it was the <laughs> it was co-DC trying to get back to watch Baylor film for the next week. Uh, <laughs> Everyone else was like, oh, hell, it's Baylor next week. We got it. That's easy. No, yep. not him. That's that's cool, though. It, to, to hear him get that choked up talking about that game from 22 years ago, that's, uh, that's what you want, man. And uh, I've said it a couple times now is, that is extremely relatable to this fan base. Just as Baker Mayfield was so relatable because he showed you how much he just cared about this place. Britt Vittables has done it so many times. That is like the most relatable thing you could do to this fan base. Yeah, get choked up talking about a game twenty two years ago.
0: It's nice. It is it is nice to you know, we, we we get so used to and I and I understand the reasoning behind it. But we get so used to coaches, players, um, just being, you know, robotic in interviews and not not saying much, not uh, letting their emotions out, not, you know, wanting to, to give the media or the opposing team or anyone else that may be out there a peek inside to how someone's feeling or how how you're emotionally you you feel about something whether it's something that's going to happen in the future something that happened in the past yeah but it's it's rare and it's a good thing i think so far i mean i guess there's situations where something like that can um can be a bad thing i mean not necessarily like being emotional over something good that no happened at i some mean point, it, but it's,
1: it's a bad thing if you make emotional decisions you know yeah, it, and, and i don't think that he he just gets emotional about thinking about his situation that 's what it is
0: yeah well that was a that was a that was a crazy time, and you know I, and it and it was kind of thrust on everyone so quickly, and he was so young at the time he was like what 28 29 is he wasn't even 30 yet when that was going on I don't wow. think so I could be wrong he may have just been 30 but if he was you know just barely and I, I you're you don't even have time whenever you're in it to ever like think about how big it is or how important it was or what just happened it is, oh my God, we just <laughs> look at what we've done. What if we screw it up? Matt Mailer next week. Oh yeah. Y- you know what yeah. I'm saying? So you don't even have time to appreciate it. Uh so you know, whenever you do think back on it, it it is special and it he is twenty nine uh, years old. Twenty nine, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's pretty wild. And you know, the other thing is you know what he said? They tore down the goalpost. They don't do that at Oklahoma.
1: Haven't done it since. And I wonder if uh, what's the situation?
0: Did they do it before?
1: Um. Wow. I don't. Dang. Is that the only time in school history that they? I know the 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 students rushed the field after that win over Syracuse in '97. I don't think that they tore down the goalpost. That might be the only time in school history. And and I, like when did tearing the goalpost, like when did that start?
0: Well you know I don't know when it started, but it died soon after. All right? They started putting the breakaway on there. Yeah, people got pepper sprayed that day. Pepper sprayed, yeah. It was it was one of those things that happened a couple of different times in some in a wow. few places and then That
1: might be the only time they've torn down the goalpost. And I'm trying to think of a situation where Like if OU were to beat Alabama in their first year of the SEC, I don't even think people would tear down the goalpost. That may that may go down as the last time in school history it happens. The only time.
0: Um, I'll tell you when it would happen. Home playoff game. Yeah, and you knocked off a a high seed or something. That may be the only time. Yeah, when they have the home playoff games, you better you better do something with those goalposts at those places. Last game of the season, yeah, uh, those things are in danger.
1: Uh, Patrick says it's the only time it's happened. We threw oranges on the field. Yes, mm-hmm. remember that. Someone else says, I think after the Syracuse game, the goalposts were torn down. I don't remember that <laughs> being the case.
0: A lower bar uh, in the late 90s for tearing the goalposts 84, down. 84,
1: Oklahoma State. Okay, I'm going to look for more... Uh, I'm going to look for more people to confirm that. 84
0: on the OSU? I, oh man.
1: Sean says it's the only time. He is our 80s and 90s OU football
0: historian. Yeah, he was. Yeah. If, if it would have been done in the 80s or 90s, he would have been there doing it. So he would know, I think.
1: <laughs> it's probably more likely they tear down the goalpost at uh, some other uh, spots than they do uh, on their own uh, on their own field. Yeah. they'll tear down the goal post at the Coliseum if they ever get to play out there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that that's that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Tore the goal post down, that was crazy. What a uh what a memory.
1: Hey, I have a story from the show yesterday after you left by the Oh way. yeah? Yeah, I think that you'll really enjoy this. So, and you saw, my buddy Mitch showed up, and he's sitting over there with his son. So, like, so set the scene. It's a family of four sitting at a table, and we're up on this stage, both Teddy and I, behind a a table, right? And if you've ever seen both of us before, you know the size difference that can (laughs) be between the two individuals. So the dad is telling the son, like, hey, son, um, he used to play linebacker at OU. And he was a B.A. back in the day, man. <laughs> he he was legit. He played linebacker at OU. You know what the son's response was? What? Oh, which one? <laughs> <laughs> uh, His dad is pointing at us, too, saying, uh, hey, great. that guy played at, uh, linebacker at OU back in the day, and he was confused as to which one he was talking about. Yeah, and one? I've never felt better about myself after that. Thank you very much. Made me feel good.
0: You sound fat, but you look like a former college linebacker. sound fat, but I can still
1: run a (laughs) 4-4 and play Will Linebacker. Oh,
0: (laughs) man, that's great. That is great. Um, Yep, that's cool. What a cool way to start the show. Uh, I saw that clip earlier and um, was kind of laughing about it. Jeez, I think everyone everyone has their memories of that day and where they were and what they did, you know, pre- during and post-game, and at least to a, bo- a point post-game, and then you don't remember, but uh, that was awesome. I think
1: Campus Corner, or at least uh, O'Connell's, ran out of beer that day is, is the old uh, legend that happened. Norman mm-hmm. ran out of beer that, that afternoon, which that's as successful as a, of a day as you can ask for. Take down number one, and the town runs out of beer. That's best case scenario for that Saturday.
0: It's tough to run a, a college town on a game day dry of beer. <laughs> that is not that's harder than beating the number one ranked team in the country.
1: Probably so. <laughs> um, Brent Venables had his press conference today, and he was asked about Wanye Morris, buddy. Talk about a humbling experience for him the past two weeks. Uh, not only has Wanye not been able to play, but they said, "All right, we're going to stick you on the scout team now." Which there's some positives of that, and Brent talked about it, saying that, you know, you're going to go up against, you know, essentially better competition and practice while being on the scout team than you would if you're with the ones and twos. So hopefully that's helped him out a little bit, helped him, you know, get prepped up for this week. But that's got to be humbling going from listed as number one on the death chart to the first two games. You're on the scout team over there.
0: Yeah. Which, you know, again, uh, brings back my frustration about the entire situation and I don't even know what the entire situation is. I don't even care what it is. I just know most likely that it could have easily been avoided and you know, now you've, you've set yourself back by not playing in the first two games. You've set yourself back by not practicing the offense the first two weeks, you set your teammates back by you know not having you and not not getting the continuity and everyone getting you know used to their positions and guys have had to move around, all of that totally, easily avoidable. So I'm glad he's back, but that doesn't change my frustration that the whole thing kind of happened anyways. So.
1: You ready for a uh, Doug from Norman text? Yeah. You ready for this? These always end up being pretty fascinating. Doug says, It's funny how when Brent Venables gets emotional and choked up, it's a good thing because it's a positive character trait. And when Lincoln Riley had the same type of emotion, which he did, it's perceived by KREF radio hosts as just crocodile tears and was a sign of weakness in his character. Keep up the narrative.
0: <laughs> when did he when did Lincoln
1: Riley get emotional? The only time I remember him getting emotional and like having to stop himself was I think when he was at USC and just took the job and he was talking about how difficult it was to leave OU and then he stopped and everyone in the background was like yeah <laughs> and then he continued on that's the only time I ever remember Lincoln Riley getting emotional about anything around here.
0: Well, who was clapping?
1: The USC, USC like fans or administration in the background, whoever it was.
0: Um. Ee, totally different, not even apples to apples, but I'll keep up the narrative. Thank you. Will do. Uh, I e, don't even know where to go from that. Uh, I I don't I don't think that. I don't know that I said it was crocodile t- tears. Uh, maybe I did, maybe someone else did. All I know is you, you can't paint the entire uh, you can't paint the entire station as having said that because I know Toby Roland didn't say that. Okay, um,
1: it, fair point. Text line. He did get choked up when he had to uh, suspend Baker for two plays <laughs> when they uh, carried his jersey out to the coin toss like he had just died two nights prior or something.
0: Oh, he, he, that's true. That's not a joke. He actually did.
1: Yeah, no, he got, that was an emotional week. I remember,
0: I remember. And I don't think anyone said anything about it at that point, right? Uh, I think you kind of have to understand the, whether it's justified or not, the eye roll from Sooner fans on the USC thing. Um, You know, if it was if it was such a difficult decision to leave, it couldn't have even been a diff- difficult decision to leave because you made it in 45 minutes.
1: I do remember him getting emotional talking about Austin Kendall and how awesome he was playing in the off season and how he was going to probably take snaps from Kyler Murray in Game 1. Yeah. That didn't happen. Just wanted you to uh, remember that that was a situation once upon a time.
0: Yeah. Well, well, they
1: might get snaps. Both get snaps in Game 1.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know. I still thought it was uh, I thought it was a cool moment with Venables. Doug from Norman thought it was a terrible moment with Coach Venables. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know uh, what else to say about it. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. Hit the text line, 651-3439. We'll be back.
1: There's the interim head coach for the Nebraska Cornhuskers, Mickey Joseph. Game one for him coming up on Saturday, OU Nebraska. No Bob Stoops today for us. Uh, He is traveling, which he did announce his staff for the XFL Arlington team, which has some familiar faces on there. Chuck Long is a co-OC. Great. It said John Hayes. I'm guessing that's Jonathan Hayes that used to be on the staff back in the day. Uh, Our boy Matty McMillan. Running okay. the ops up there, which is pretty cool. Maddie, Yeah, I'll share some of those more names as the show rolls on. So uh, happy, uh, happy for Bob that he's uh, getting all that finalized. That's pretty cool. You know, Mickey Joseph had a very short answer when asked about what stood out for OU the first two games. Pretty generic answer. He did mention special teams, and it's something that we haven't spent a whole lot of time on, but we've been asking for better special teams for years now. So far, pretty good, man. Um, No issues at kicker yet. Turk's been kind of what you wanted at that position, too, at punter, and Mims has gotten close a couple times from breaking one. Um, Or at least he did on Saturday.
0: Current University of Oklahoma head football coach Brent Venable said last night uh, on the uh, coach's show with – That we can't re-air. Voice of the Oklahoma Sooners, Toby Rowland and I, that so far through the first two games, special teams – have been really good. Uh, w- when you take the... There's like an index for special teams play, and it it has to do with... It's very complicated. I remember someone tried... My special teams coach in the NFL tried to explain it to me one time, and it didn't make any sense. But has to do with starting position or starting field position. Um, like, there's a bunch of different criteria for it, and it puts out a formula for you. And if you're over 50, you're... You're playing really good special teams, and I think right now he said the OU is is right around that 50 number, so that means you're you're winning in special teams, and if you stay above that 50 number, you almost never lose a football game. So, that's a good position to be in.
1: Well, um, if the past is any indication on what's going to happen on Saturday when it comes to special teams, what the highest they had was an 80, is that what you said in game one? Um, I don't know. I don't know what the highest the number can go, or if it can just go on. I mean, I,
0: no, I didn't say they had an eighty in game one. I I just said they're so far they've they're at a. They're both okay. games have been at a fifty. Well, this could
1: potentially be their highest uh, advantage in special teams with that formula. Perhaps I mean Nebraska's one for four, one for four on field goals this season, and. I mean, definitely some games where they fell short last year was because of special teams. Heck, OU had two points off of a what blocked PAT last year. Is that what it was? Yeah. So they are uh, – this is not – it has not been a good special teams unit. And if that continues on Saturday, then uh, if I have can you, any well, concerns about this game, it will go down significantly.
0: Special teams last year had a strip of the football on a kickoff return in the – University of Oklahoma versus Texas game. It's true. Score set up a score. Are you on are you teams. trying
1: to pick out all the positive special teams plays from last year? Yeah, That's we gonna be a short we hit, conversation. We hit both Is of that them. it? Can we move on now? <laughs> it's like the goal post discussion. Oh yeah, there was that one. Yeah, I guess it's never happened again.
0: Well, Mark the picture guy did say that the goalpost got ripped down again the night of the national championship game. I do
1: not count that, but I appreciate everyone that snuck into the stadium and did that. That actually sounds pretty awesome i asked him what do they do with the goalpost he said well they couldn't get it out of the stadium <laughs> so, that, so what do you do just like drop leave it. it there like oh we'll just leave it here for them so they can find it
0: uh, well i think that's whenever the authorities showed up because whenever you get on the field there's an alarm that goes off oh yeah and
1: allegedly i've uh, seen that sign <laughs> no it
0: goes off for sure and i i think the authorities showed up and you know, they, I guess you just drop it and say, well, you guys want us to put it back or <laughs> just leave it here? <laughs> Get
1: out of here. Uh, from the 405 on the text line, also to KREF host, thank you for not calling your wives and have them talk on your sports radio show. That's what Traber is doing right now.
0: Well, dang it. I was. I forgot to talk to you about this. I was floating the idea of having my wife come on. And talk about, like, some of the different ways she makes um, chicken nuggets in our air fryer. Yeah. And some of the cool ways you can do that.
1: I had a similar segment maybe on Fridays, having my wife on. If you want to improve your game day charcuterie board, um, have her come on for 20 minutes and talk about it. Some different fun fall charcuterie ideas.
0: Well, (laughs) I guess instead of that, we could just... uh, Talk
1: football, talk sports
0: or yeah we'll do the podcast with our wives that'll be better <laughs> uh the i still hate the situation in Lincoln that they've got a coach fired they've got an interim coach and the first person they host is a season saver yep not good i went down a rabbit hole last night of trying to think of a bunch of coaches that got fired midseason, and coaches that were interim and how they did directly after it. I think like the first five or six coach, the like first five or six situations I thought of. They won the games afterwards. Well,
1: that's how USC has found uh, five of their last six yeah. head coaches, essentially. is yeah. <laughs> that way. Uh, Exaggeration.
0: Kiffin but. got fired when they lost like 62 to 40 At something. Arizona. Is that As where it was? Arizona State. Arizona State. Uh, Coach O took over, and they won that next game. Also, whenever he was at LSU and Les Miles got fired, they lost to Auburn – and I can't remember who they played, but they won the next game. Uh, Dan Campbell, whenever he was, because uh, I, I remember he like he got his first head coaching job at Miami after Philbin got fired, and they beat someone bad, scored more points than they'd scored the entire year. Yeah, I, so, I, I I think we're bunch of instances.
1: That's the way to look at it. Not the entire the entire season doesn't really matter here for OU. Like I I'm more interested in what these interim head coaches did the very next game, because that's what OU is, the very next right. game. And I wish I could give credit to whoever put this out on social media, and I haven't double-checked to see if it's accurate, but apparently OU is 4-1 and all-time against interim head coaches. They faced an interim head coach um, in the bowl game last year for Oregon. What, Brian McClendon? Was that his name? They did pretty well in that game. I guess the last time they faced one.
0: Yeah. See, but that... That situation doesn't really count when a coach leaves because he like, he, he wasn't fired like you get the surge emotionally from players whenever a coach is fired because they've been crap out on the football field you know like sure. that's where that comes from and I don't know how that all time four and one winning percentage seems lower than what our overall probably is, right?
1: Uh probably. Yeah. I I um I think that we could all imagine a scenario where Nebraska at least in the opening stages of the game got they'll probably play the best 10 15 minutes of football they have all year long. But at the same time, if you're able to get them down early, get up 14 nothing then it could be well. It was nice. It was a fun week. We tried to rally up, but it's just here, here we go again. Here exactly. we go again.
0: Exactly. Uh, a uh, fast start is absolutely critical, critical, man. God, it's so critical because this critical. has
1: not been the d like Nebraska does not have the DNA of a program that's going to fall behind fourteen nothing and crawl their way back into a game and find out you know a way to win. If Nebraska is going to win this game, it's going to be because OU's been playing from behind all game long. Nebraska has to get out to an early lead. They, I mean, they have to.
0: Yeah. Is there anyone in particular that you think with this matchup is a, a big spot for them to have a, a big weekend?
1: I there's nobody defensively, so just take that off the table. Nobody defensively for them has impressed. Like they have a no, linebacker. No, I'm, I'm
0: talking about us. Oh,
1: for OU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Well, then, yeah. I mean, it, that's the, the the other side of the conversation. Running game? It has to be, man. Yeah. And I, and I honestly feel like it could be Eric Gray. It could be Marcus Major. It could be Javante Barnes. But someone is going to have a game this weekend where we say, all right, well, we've been debating it for the past few weeks, but it's pretty clear this guy is our big play running back that we have. And I think that dude's going to emerge this week.
0: I can't believe you he said... He hasn't already. Eric Gray.
1: Eric Gray sucks. Well, if Eric Gray has two 80-yard runs, I might. I bet the text line even... Cha- <laughs> even the text line will change their opinion about that.
0: Luck. They'll say luck. Any uh, what, An infant could have run that. <laughs> That's what we got Probably, yesterday. Probably,
1: yeah. <laughs> that hole was
0: open up so big on the left side, my
1: infant could have run through there. Uh,
0: what happens if Marcus Major... Let's just say in... The upcoming football game uh, against Nebraska, carries are the same distribution as they were in the uh, Kent State football game. What was it, nine carries to five? Yep. What say you if it's the same? Eric Gray basically doubles up carries over Marcus Major. What? Like- we win the football game. There's nothing else there but – Marcus Major continues to not get, you know, even carries. Well, I,
1: I think it's pretty obvious. They they see something that we don't, and they think that Eric Gray is still, by mm. a good length here, the best running back on the team. Mm. I, I mean, I don't see any other way that that would not be the case, I guess. You're
0: not willing to push back on the decision at all?
1: Yes, I'll be very willing. Tune into the postgame show and see if I push back on that decision. Okay. Yes, I will be, most likely.
0: So you're not gonna on the post game show. You're not gonna say, "Well, I think it's obvious the coaches see something that we don't."
1: No, I'll be ready to burn something down.
0: <laughs> yeah, that doesn't play They're well. They're from the RV show.
1: park uh, outside the stadium.
0: No, um, on a post game, the uh, well, let's just wait and see what happens. That does not work well. If
1: you want more of a wild card to to pop on Saturday, and God,
0: he dropped a wide open
1: touchdown on Saturday, Villas. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to be a bigger factor in this offense than I think most people predicted. Okay. And I, he will get – I don't think after that drop they're just going to abandon him in the passing game anymore. Yeah. They're still going to find some matchups they really like. There will be some matchups with him that I'm sure that they're really going to like this week, and he'll get a couple of more opportunities. I was ready to come in here on Monday and just, just throw it out there, the big take that, man – Maybe OU has one of the best uh, tied-in rooms in the country with a duo that they have there. But that dropped. Uh, mm-hmm. That, that, that kind of hurt me there on that one.
0: Yeah. I wonder if we – I mean, that, for me, that's one of my big questions is how much 12 personnel do we get, both tied ends on the field? One snap last Saturday against Kent State, zero in the – Uh, 2022 home home opener against the University of Texas, El Paso. So I think it's still something that could be a dangerous weapon, but my goodness – I don't care if you got ten tight ends on the field. The offensive line has to block better in the running game. Everybody, am I, said, am I wrong?
1: Everybody said amen on that one. Okay. No, you're not wrong. What a great take. Uh, Kendall says, "Sure, did my heart good to hear Teddy admit that Eric Gray doesn't have any breakaway speed." <laughs> Hashtag he is slow.
0: <laughs> I want to know forty times. I want to know forty times. Uh, is our starting? Do we have the slowest starting running back in the Big Twelve?
1: Well, I think Pro Football Focus, if anyone <laughs> would probably tell us that, right?
0: Oh, man.
1: Uh, Lone Scout says Oklahoma needs to win 75 to nothing. Half a hundred in the first half, then the revenge will satisfy this sooner base.
0: Uh, I don't know. If
1: there is an opportunity to beat them 69 to seven like they did you in, what was that, 1997, I guess it was, then I think you go and chase that.
0: But I don't think that that
1: opportunity is necessarily going to present itself.
0: You never know. You never know. Uh, That's funny, the, the pro football focus. I would love to see someone tweet out that. Eric Gray hit 14 miles an hour on his uh his breakaway 44 yard. Hell,
1: <laughs> my infant hit twelve last week. <laughs> Teddy, is this bad for OU because a coach Mickey Joseph is a true wild card and Sooners don't have any tape to study?
0: Um, I mean, that's part of it is he's almost surely going to change some things. Is it is it just like practice schedule and, and, and like peripheral things, or is he going to change what they do offensively, change maybe some guys' positions and let some new guys start or play? Those things are the unknowns. And I, I wouldn't expect them to totally abandon what they've done up to this point because, you know, just – Trying something totally new that you haven't had a whole lot of time to practice with is typically not a good idea against uh, an opponent the the likes of Oklahoma. But here's what I would expect. I would expect onside kicks, fake punts, fake field goals. What do you got to lose? Um, Eric Crouch, reverse throwback to the quarterback stuff.
1: Black 41 flash reverse. Is that what it was? I'm, I'm sure don't you know. have that stain in your. in your. Was, uh, Eric, or was Eric Crouch your responsibility on that play in 2001, by the
0: way? Uh, no. Hmm. I don't know. I don't think it was anyone's responsibility. Obviously, the only person that even saw him was Corey Klein, a defensive lineman. So, I don't know. Brutal.
1: Uh, will Mickey Joseph show his scar he got at the OU game pregame? Joke, by the way. Yeah. Hey, do you know the story about that? I do not. Uh, Mickey Joseph played quarterback at Nebraska.
0: 88 to 91.
1: I think in 1990 was it he uh, broke his leg against OU. It was a little bit of a push after the play. He ran into the. It's it's a pretty nasty. Uh, it's a pretty nasty looking uh, running Ouch. into the bench situation there.
0: We've got a dangerous bench area. You've no, seen that, the that play was,
1: that was in. Yeah, it was it it was in Lincoln. Oh, it was in
0: Lincoln. Okay. Huh. Well. Yeah, I'm sure he I'm sure he wants revenge for that. Absolutely. Huh. Well, let's hope there's no broken legs out there. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush. Coming up. Keep hitting the text line, six five one, three four three nine.
1: Cavens Construction bringing you hour number one of the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman inside the Brown O'Haver studios. Cavensconstruction.com for all of the services they can provide for you. Yeah, Mickey Joseph, that injury was 1990 in Norman. So you're right about the benches there. They could be an issue. And unfortunately for him, that they were an issue in did, 1990.
0: Did you see the, uh, the running back from Kent State get blasted into his own uh, yes, like I little did. equipment cabinet there? He got up fine. I thought whenever it first happened, uh, yeah, he may be down for a minute there. That's pretty brutal.
1: It's, but, it's Tuesday, and I'm not hearing any uh, rumors about alternate uniforms this week, which, thank God. I saw somebody – Please, Nebraska, don't do it. Don't do it, Nebraska. No, no, no,
0: no, no, no. I saw somebody tweet out, and it was not any type of verified account or anything, but it just said, like, OU's road whites are, are – back out or whatever and it just had a picture of someone in the in the road whites which ah so good so good which we, we, we wore at nebraska in 2001 i love too that's the only the high game Sox. they ever yeah. gave us the high socks and i don't know what? why we never uh, did it again uh-huh. but it was awesome maybe
1: because you lost that's why you never did it again yeah
0: i don't know probably so but that, please
1: give me the traditional uniform matchup. It's on you, Nebraska. You haven't done anything else right this year. At least get your uniform right on Saturday, please.
0: That game was that was was that an eleven a.m. kick?
1: Uh, I think that may two thousand was two thousand and one may have been as I think two thousand one was. I, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that was the case.
0: I feel like it was early, but I just remember that as the most perfect weather game. I ever played in. It was seriously, it was like 48 degrees. And that is like the perfect temperature to play football. Uh, you can, you never get hot. You never get cold. It's just perfect.
1: I, uh, well, I was, I don't know if I was hoping it'd be 46 degrees, but maybe like, 56, or about 66 degrees. I was hoping for that on
0: Saturday. Just
1: a little bit crisp in Lincoln, Nebraska. Doesn't sound like we're going to get that. Let's check all. the
0: game cast. What's it saying? Like 80s, 90s? Um, Let's see.
1: For Saturday, it looks like a high of 92 degrees with a 37%, oh, a 40% chance of rain. Partly to mostly cloudy skies. That's a good start for Lincoln. Sure. Scattered thunderstorms in the morning. High of 92. Winds south at 15 to 25 miles per hour. Chance of rain, 40%.
0: Hopefully it gives us a a nice little shower before the sun comes out, make that 92 really humid.
1: And uh, we can get all the text before the game. Hey, raining before the game, how does that affect this game? Who's got the advantage if it's raining out there?
0: Hey, what have you guys said? I I thought you were going to say, how does the rain before the game affect OU recruiting?
1: That's that is true. where I normally go with, <laughs>
0: uh, and it made me think of the uh, the Coleman kid up there. What's the situation with that surrounding this game?
1: <laughs> I I told Parker that yes, I'm lame for this, but I was listening to some uh, Lincoln Sports Radio this morning, trying to get the pulse on the situation up there, and they had a caller saying, basically like, well, I mean, we're not going to totally make our head coaching hire based on Malachi Coleman. But can you see a scenario where, you know, we try to, you know, appease him a little bit? Which, for those of you that don't know, that don't follow recruiting, Malachi Coleman is a four-star athlete uh, out of Lincoln. Now, he's got Nebraska family ties, so that plays a factor here, but it's a thought that he's an OU lean at this point. They think that the best-case scenario is that Mickey Joseph goes on a run as the interim head coach, gets the interim tag taken off of him at the end of the year, Mm. and they feel that's probably the best, as good as they could feel about keeping him um, in Lincoln and and headed to Nebraska. Because Mickey Joseph is his guy, I mean, basically.
0: Right. I was, to be honest, I was kind of interested that he was named the – interim coach now was he already like the assistant or associate head coach or something this is his
1: first year there isn't it didn't he just yeah he just got there from LSU
0: because in this kind of this may be a bit conspiracy theory ish but you know they forced Scott Frost to fire his offensive staff right and they brought in Whipple From Pitt who's been successful everywhere he's been and I feel like they would have made him interim coach but they don't think they're going to be any good and if you're interim coach and you go get buried the rest of your season you got no chance of hiring him as head coach so that's one of the things that I was wondering is is there a chance that They've kind of protected him from that so he can be in the running for head coach. I mean,
1: I guess. I mean, the offense has been the only redeeming quality about this football team this year. Yeah. It's the only thing that they've done well. Defense has been awful. Special teams has been awful. Coaching decisions, surprise onside kicks have been awful this year. Offense, that's it. And Casey Thompson's numbers just – I mean, even with that being said – his numbers are just okay. His touchdown to intercept. Is, is he like four touchdowns, three picks so far this year? E- it is not as eye-popping as you would think.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, four touchdowns, three interceptions through three games is what it is.
0: Mm. Mm.
1: Mm. What's your uh, – and text line, um, I want your opinion on this. 405-651-3439. Early week score prediction. I'm uh, leading right now OU 38, Nebraska 23. Thirty eight twenty three. I would say that is a cover, by the way.
0: Thirty eight twenty three. Uh and I
1: feel like that's a very conservative pick, um, from me. And I don't know why I'm being conservative here, but that's where I'm at today. Could change as the week goes on.
0: Conservative how? Like, you think, oh, you could win by way more than that? Is is that what you mean I, by? I, I mean,
1: I don't. We all agree that that situation is definitely there. This game, where oh, you could win by way more than fifteen points. Yeah.
0: Sure. When's the last time they lost by more than fifteen points? Uh, the sixties, I think, is the last <laughs> time it happened. Uh, I would say, early feel, and I think it's all depending on how the game starts off early early fill for me is 3817
1: 17 <laughs> oh i thought that, that that's basically what i picked okay we got a we got 40, a little bit of it
0: 4117 dang you're
1: route city jeez all they got to do is show up according to teddy well, they're going to win in the routes
0: i don't know i'm nervous about it but i have no idea what's going to happen No clue at all. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. 651-3439. We'll be back.
1: To the air, Comfort Solutions text line we go to close up our number one. 405-651-3439 is the number to interact with the show. Uh, first submission we got, Nebraska 28, OU 17. 28-17. Nebraska. OU twenty seven twenty four OU 38-17, Burley Boomer, OU 48-20, then we've got forty-one, seventeen, twenty-eight, twenty. We only have uh, one other Nebraska selection. Someone picked thirty-one, twenty-four Nebraska with a crying face emoji. Duggan Norman? It was not Duggan Norman, actually. Maybe it was his burner phone.
0: Yeah. Uh, no thirty eight fourteens. Interesting. Interesting.
1: No thirty-eight, fourteen.
0: Yeah. Isn't what? that what it was in 2000, the one that had uh, Coach Venables all uh, no, sir, emotional? No, That 31? was 31-14. Okay. I mean, remember the score of the game I played in.
1: Disappointed, but not surprised about that mm. from you. Brian in Tulsa says, I have a feeling OU is the team we have waited to see this week. This is where it explodes for OU. Uh,
0: how do you feel about that text message?
1: Oh, hell, Teddy, we ain't shown nothing until Nebraska. I do think you're going to see an offense that's opened it up a little bit more. Why? Because um, they were pretty nilla. There in the first half last week, especially when it came to the run game, but I guess it doesn't matter how nilly you are if you can't block anyone up front now, does it?
0: Uh, right. I mean, there is some truth to that. Hmm. I remain cautiously optimistic. I I hope we see improvement, but I don't know. How much improvement do we have to have to well, go out there and... I, I
1: I just don't think I, I don't think you should go in with the attitude that oh Juan E. Morris is starting all our problems are fixed on the offensive line, or even if McCade-Toyer is out of the i mean it, i just it's not going to be an easy one week fix for those guys,
0: yeah, but even
1: with that being said, they may look good this week against this uh this defense
0: yeah, I don't know it's hard for me to say right now i'm I'm cautiously optimistic but They better make some big leaps in a hurry. All right, hour number two is next.